Well, not technically, but what's Tec- up? What's up? Do you lean in because it's your podcast? Yeah, let's do it. Let's. Uh, let's do you're live. American. We are live. Live. Wow. There's a. There's people here that are much taller than me in most Thicker. circumstances, and it's happening again. <laughs> I feel like I'm outnumbered by two Navy guys, lots of more rank, and obviously <laughs> a beast. John. Yeah, a, a human <laughs> tank that can sling tank. arrows a long way. So. Welcome to Free Range American. I think it's this is I the got. first one. Yeah, this is the first one that we've been able to do with <laughs> just someone against John Dudley. Started Free Range American with. Do you guys know yeah. the founder and CEO of Black Rifle Coffee? His name's Andy Stump. I've heard this. You guys heard of him? I've heard this from he, Andy. He took over that position after he retired from being admiral in the SEAL team. Right? <laughs> That's right. That's right. Just ask him. That is the guy. Just ask him. That's that the, is guy. the guy. Dang it. Thanks a lot, guys. I appreciate for uh, appreciate everybody being on this thing, man. And this is oh, yeah. great too, Jocko. This is oh, amazing, man. Yeah, thanks, man. My first Jocko discipline go. Yeah. I'm expecting a big change after this. <laughs> I can't wait. Iced tea, lemonade, all natural. Awesome. Yeah, this is great, man. I love it. Thanks, bro. Appreciate it. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers, guys. I got off that five mile mountain. <laughs> there was like five of these sitting in this refrigerator, and I'm just like freaking crinkling these things like Capri Suns. <laughs> and he just he's like, "Damn, all right, I guess we're dead. going long tonight." <laughs> yeah, we're going long. Yep. And you have yep. to be dead. You have to be from two to six at the booth working. That's on a big boats. day. That yeah. is a big day. Are you going to work on his boat at all today? <laughs> Hey, I, already, I don't have enough time to work on these. <laughs> I already tuned that thing up, man. Oh, it's, right. it's, it's running like a classic Ferrari. Oh, oh no problem. Like shit. <laughs> you know, who said that this morning? Did you, say, did you ask about... Someone this morning said... Um, I asked Evan if I should use his bow, but he said... Like, oh. Is that you that no. said that? No. Who said it? What was the line? It was something like... He's like, yeah, you can use it, but I guess it's extremely dangerous That's right now. That's what I said. I said, no, somebody was asking me, might be go, Josh. Hey, are you going to shoot? And I was like, no, not based off what John just told me, because I guess I've been shooting something that could blow up in my face and kill me at any point in time. <laughs> Someone said that this morning. What's wrong yeah. with it? Uh, you know, just the lack of tightening down things when you mount. Is that important? No. Okay. I feel that it's important to keep things loose. Yeah. Know? Oh, yeah. You know, I like to keep things loose. And that is the secret. That is the secret to accuracy, as everybody knows here. Keeping everything nice and loose. Rattle around a little bit. Yeah. Hashtag just keep it around. loose. Yeah. It helps you have to replace knows. something. I know. It helps there. Man. Well, yeah. So, morning. Total Archery Challenge, you guys shot this morning. I know what wasn't loose. What? That's George's butthole on most of those targets. <laughs> <laughs> Freaking showing up with his bow case. Like everything I sent him five months ago was still like packed in a bow case. No field points. The four that he had were the wrong weight, wrong diameter. Poor Sharon couldn't. She had one arrow for the day because <laughs> Jack Carr was too busy preparing for his... <laughs> All it's been a busy. So- <laughs> I shot it once. It showed up in my house, and I opened it up. I expect it to be ready to go. Right. And I open it up. Right. And there's, there's 
There's no arrowhead of any type. No Dude, crosshead. you're shooting there's hollow no, points. You're next, next level. Exactly. Ooh, next level. I like that. Yeah, That's what I'm going to start calling them. I should have just showed up like that and said, like, Dude, this hollow point thing is rocking it. I love it. I'm used to it with the pistol, and now I'm rocking it with the bow setup. Thank you. But I had to just scramble at last second to do a video for Savage Sun, the third book, and I throw this through some things together. My quiver didn't fit from the old bow, and I'm trying to get it on. I don't even know how to put it on to begin with. And then most everything, I shot it once into a into a five-pound bag of Black Raffle coffee, yep, which really. was great. In Did my you house. guys really? Yeah. I Did walked you bring the bag up? Yeah. No, I put it in my house. Oh, that's right. Was gone. Oh, I walked down the stairs right. and I grabbed it and I went, shink, boom, I put it at 20 and I hoped it worked because there were some very expensive <laughs> windows right next to that thing. Yes. And, uh, bam. Worked. So that's full send People right loved there. It. Yeah. People loved it. Yeah. You had got to go all in. Things are happening fast these days. Yeah. Yeah. So, but this morning I showed up. Thank you so much for taking care of me. I and Evan gave you it. his release too. Should we <laughs> check his, um, I lost my release. I, mean, I didn't lose my release in the snow. The actor lost his release in the snow. Mm. He was playing James Reese from the third novel for the video. Got and, it. And I call both you guys. It's a lot. We're digging in the snow. The whole crew is yeah. digging through this powder in Utah. And I'm like, Dad, where can I get another one? And I think you said, I think. He said, check with Evan. I'm like, oh, yes. And yeah. so texted you, and then um, then we got that yeah. all taken care of. And How did it? Was that Tom? Tom? Did Tom, Tom drop deliver the house? That? He hand-delivered yeah. it. Tom Davin. Yeah, because yeah, last time we were here, I don't know if you know this, John, but last time we were here, John, this might surprise you guys, but he was a little bit drunk, and there were a bunch of these releases <laughs> left out, and I just scraped a bunch of them into a bag. Because <laughs> like, so many I'm going to use these eventually. <laughs> Good for you, because you know? the one I'm shooting was like, the first one we ever made all weekend. People are like, can I see that? I'm like, no. This doesn't even have the right name on it. Wait, why not? And I'm like, all the ones I had have disappeared. Well, I have one. I mean, I'm glad you did that. I wonder where they went. I don't know. <laughs> it's a mystery to me. We'll never know. It's a way to take advantage of your friend. Hey, John, have, no, another, I asked. have another one. Yeah, I no, asked, what I asked you asked was, do you want another one? That's what you asked. No, I asked the CEO of Knock On. His name was Andy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, take whatever you want. I don't care. So, yeah. Okay. Right. So, we need to adjust a little bit of adjustment. Let's see how this works. But that's it, right? There. Was it called something else originally? It's the knock to it. But was it called something else originally? Well, like, the, the self-cocking mechanism was based off a release that I'd worked with years ago with, Car with Jerry Carter. And it was called the wise choice because I wanted a release that cocked. And when you cocked it, it locked onto the D loop. So you mm -hmm. could just leave it hanging on there when you're hunting. Yep. And then I wanted a two finger version, but I also wanted one with a slightly different uh, spring configuration, which is essentially what the knock to it is. Nice. So yep. I love this thing. But Jocko has me convinced that I should probably move over to the silverback. Based on the way you're punching a trigger. Yeah. yeah I mean, I agree with that. <laughs> well, that's. Well, that's advanced too because it is next level. Especially if we're switching back and forth, though, seems like it would be difficult. How's your breath hold, though? Is it still pretty solid? Legit. Okay. Yeah, yeah, so <laughs> Let me just get one thing straight. It's not as solid as Evans. <laughs> He's up to like, if he was a free diver, that sucker could freaking shoot shit in the ocean that only works off like neon lights. <laughs> I practice. You know, I'm in the truck. I'm like, I got, I'm going to the attack pretty soon. I got to practice my breath holds. Should we go through Set the, the Evan Hafer shot routine? <laughs> yeah, it's attack. slightly different than the knock on shot routine. Really? Step one, feet together. Feet together. Step two, <laughs> grip. No. No, no gross. Gorilla grip. Gorilla grip. Fuck out of your head. <laughs> Step three. Pack the shoulder pack kettlebell it. style. It's super tight. <laughs> Step three. Make a fist. Dig it behind your ear. Yes. Step four. Front sight. 
Where? <laughs> Step five, breath. 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 Hold. Further. Further. Going to blackout. Exactly. Punch the trigger. <laughs> Bang. That works. It's solid for me. I missed everything today. <laughs> so, it's super repeatable. <laughs> yeah. It's like... It's called the shooter's checklist. I, <laughs> I've been working on it with Andy for quite a while. So. Did you guys get that patented or not? Yeah, of course. And it's, it's under knock on Andy's company. <laughs> <laughs> well, cheers to Andy. I'm sorry that he wasn't here, man. Yeah. Like, I really wanted yeah, to see him bummer. here because he's like a couple hours up the road. I think he's getting his purple belt. Is that what he's doing? No, I made that up. Oh, I was solid. trying to cover for a bro, but way to blow it. Oh. <laughs> well, you could have just said yes or that. <laughs> well, then I applied like at all of us and like four other people. Well, so here's an interesting thing because I, I get this question a lot. And most of the time, all I do is I just direct them over to John. <clears throat> but I'm relatively new to archery. We've talked about archery all the time. People... All right, what the what the fuck, man? Why are you guys why are you guys into archery? What's going on with this? And I'm like, I kind of tried to redefine myself as a projectile enthusiast. Mm. You know, I like to shoot a lot of different things at targets. It's just just generally it's fun. Um but you guys are new to archery too. Within the last two years for you, Jocko, right? Yeah. And I just seem like I am. Solid. The way I shoot. Okay. I've been into it for a long time, actually. Have you really? But when I graduated from Buds, I, I mean, I grew up. Oh, shooting, nice. Like, my first bow was age nice. five. When I graduated from Buds, my present to myself was going to so that's performance twice. archery. So he said, and I graduated just wait, twice. just wait. And getting just a bow, wait. which I'm going to show you when you come to the house this week, my old bow that I got in 1997 when I graduated from Buds. Okay. <laughs> that was my first thing. I went right up to Bob Frome and said, hey, what's what set me up? And, well, uh, I think so what you said was, hey, Bob, I just graduated from Buds. <laughs> yeah. Can you I'm set Navy, me up? I'm in. Listen, well, I paid I'm a for Navy it. Seal. Well, I paid for it. That's for sure. Okay, I'm yeah. going to write a book. Graduated from <laughs> 25 <laughs> years. Ha <laughs> ha. In 25 years, I'm going to write a book. I'll put archery in there. That's the first time this joke has really made a lot of sense right now. Most of the time, it's Very like guys funny. that haven't. <laughs> I love how Jocko just waits for his moment. A true black belt. Damn. He's just sitting over here, staying quiet, like. Keep blowing all your air out, boys. I'm getting ready to freaking choke someone, break someone's freaking neck bone <laughs> yeah. before this podcast is over. So how, so how did you get turned back into it? Was it through John? Is everybody's the common archery link? Is it, is it John? Or George was already into it. Yeah. We'll let it that later. But um, the, uh, I, yeah, I was into it before. I just didn't know what I'm doing, obviously. Right. You know, I'm just, you know, me going out there and just shooting like I did growing up. I'd go to the top of our house. I had targets set up. I'd get on the roof angles. Seriously? That sort of thing. Because mm-hmm. I, I was training. I knew I was going to go into SEAL teams from such an early age. So by the time I hit like eighth grade, ninth grade for sure, right. I was like sprinting our hill. I was doing pull-ups on the little uh, play structure we had outside. Mm-hmm. And uh Going to the hike, going to the top of the trees in our house and shooting down at a couple of hay bales that we had up against the shed. And just they figured that was training. Right. So I've always been, been into it, but I didn't know, I haven't really known what I was doing until I met John Dudley and he talked me through all this, what the seven step process, and what all shirt to wear, <laughs> how to dress more yeah, specifically. To dress. Uh, but, uh, but that's really where I started dialing it in because before I was just slinging arrows and getting lucky every now and again. Essentially, right. what I've been doing since five years old up until now and then over the past couple of years now i'm starting to dial it in a little bit and maybe one day i'll show up prepared with actual field points that the right way <laughs> i wish <laughs> All that, but we'll see but it's it's uh it's certainly nice to have someone that really knows what they're doing 
um, walking you through this, especially when you're training up to, to get an elk. Well, how, how did you guys link up? How did we initially link up? Andy. Uh, through Andy. Andy. Yeah, he said, hey, I've got this friend. His name's Jacques Carré. Yeah. He goes, actually, that's not his name, but he's just growing right. a weird beard, and that's what he wants to be called. And then he just said, <laughs> he's like, I think you should build a bow for him and talk to him. I think that's how we met. Well, I came out to Torre Rocha Challenge. I came out to, to Torre Rocha Challenge in Utah with my prime that was the first Sitka prime collaboration. But was did. that after we all were in San Diego? Nope, that was before. It was before? Mm-hmm. And so that was the next month or later that month? That was, or was it Was it after? Is that possible? I don't remember. I feel like I knew you when you came out to, to SD. Yeah. And that's when Jocko was there. So we must have done you. And we you all, were there too. Oh, yeah. Holy we crap. All, we were yeah, all we there. Were performance archery. Yep. Yeah. yeah. We, we were, were all there. there. That, was like your first, <laughs> that was like your first lesson. Yes. Damn. That was it. Yeah. We were all there. With a crowd. That was the first time Jocko came in. Because yeah. yeah. Evan was in. You were in. Trevor. So Trevor, Trevor was, was in. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's where I met Trevor for the first time. We yep. literally have no idea about this time. <laughs> <laughs> This is a strange, <laughs> strange conversation. I love it. But I think I got, I think I linked up uh, Barclow and Stump for some reason at some point earlier because I've. You linked up Barclow and so Stump long. before me and Stump's France trip. Because I knew Barclow for all those years from Team 5 and I Andy, got from Sitka. And Andy oh, and Hart gotcha. linked us up. Andy and Hart linked us up. Because you were, I grew up with heart. You grew up with heart. Yeah, from Sika. That's that how is, it all. That's yeah. such a weird. So I'm running off chairlift world. with uh, with uh, John Hart, who started Sika mm-hmm. a few years after we got out of college. And uh, he's like, "Hey, you know this guy, John Barclow?" And I was like, "Absolutely, hire that guy right now." Yeah. So, so dude, like, you know he was responsible for Sika hiring Barclow. Yeah, that's insane. Uh, I didn't know that, but that's interesting. To he, like, Barclow's name was in the hat, and Hart was on a chairlift with freaking George. Ran- randomly? Uh, we were skiing together, oh, knowing okay. each other our whole lessons. We're 13 years old. Got it. So, and he's like, we got this application from this guy, and we're, like, needing this big game guy that's extreme weather and clothing designer, and he's like, can you believe guy, right? that? Yeah, and then... Yeah, then then Andy came into the picture somehow, and then it all kind of came together, and here we are now at Toro Tree Challenge in Montana. I know, sounds kidding, unfair, man. actually, like a good old boy network thing. Seriously, yeah, yeah, you guys are. I object. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you guys? How did you guys link in then, uh, Andy? Andy again? No, I ran into you in an airport. Oh, dude, dude that's Jersey. right. You came are you like, serious? Hey, bro. I was like, hey, man. Yeah, because <laughs> you go, I'm friends with Joe Rogan. Right? Yeah, oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, the only time I have the three hours to listen to Joe Rogan's podcast is if I'm cutting my own grass. Right. So I was cutting my grass, and the podcast for that week was Jocko. Okay. And I listened, and I'm like, oh, yeah, this. It really suited my personality and work ethic. So I, you know, kept mowing my grass for like way longer <laughs> than I needed to. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, I was in, uh, I was in, dude, I flew to New York. This will get even crazier. So I flew to New York to spend a day with Torsten. Oh, solid. Yeah. And Jim Miller. Which he'll, Jim will be in. Uh, Utah. So I flew there to spend two days with those guys and shoot with them in New York. 
and I'm in the like the schedule for my flight out was out of Newark. Miller dropped me off in like his family's minivan in Newark and I'm walking through and I literally walk past Jocko and I'm like, Hey bro, I'm Joe Rogan's buddy, you know, his archery coach. And he goes, cool. And and he kind of looked at me like, whatever. And I go, send this photo to Joe. So you, te- I go, I, you know, I had him do it. So he like texted to Joe and he's just, I don't know what he said, but he's just like, like damn, he's like, damn, what? Yeah. yeah. And so then Jocko like immediately thought like, okay, this guy, you know, just telling me some BS freaking lie. <laughs> some gorilla stuff. Yeah. And I said, Hey, if you ever want to shoot archery, let me know. And then, um, I think Trevor who's sitting here and Andy, we we're going to do my sky skydiving cert. Yeah, in like, SD. That's right. And I said, well, let's freaking get Jocko hooked up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I told you that and we're going to, we're right. going to do that. We're going to go to Rogan's yeah, show. For the first time there. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. And, and then, then you broke Jocko's, or then Jocko broke your neck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Whatever. Who's going to come on? Add it to the list. <laughs> <laughs> so we got it all pieced together. I think we got it. It's like 15 minutes. We lost every listener, but fuck so, so I'm the actual new guy. In this situation, it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Doesn't look like it though from how you shot. You're rocking it. <laughs> that was awesome. So rewarding coming out here because I can tell all of you within the first five years of me shooting archery, if I would have came up on this mountain, I would have been walking down that mountain by that hundred yard billy goat. I would have just been like Either I'm going to start digging arrows out of trees or I'm walking off this mountain. And you guys freaking just laid waste. Everything, I mean, everything. Like, even from Logan in the room with those cutoff freaking Def Leppard shorts. <laughs> They're incredible. <laughs> Pour some sugar on me. Yeah. <laughs> all, all the way to, uh, I mean, dude, he freaking smoked the moose at 118 well, 25 I, targets in and never shooting. Like, literally, the biggest procrastination in the world telling me, put your thing at 100, use your <laughs> yeah. second thing, put it all, like, exactly what to do, which was helpful. I should <laughs> more than helpful. But it was awesome. That was really cool. I got to the point where I didn't even really want to shoot because it was so fun watching Jocko, Sharon, Josh, Tori. Jocko, yeah. Josh, Sharon, Jack. <laughs> That'll be awesome. It'll actually make it better. Yeah, it will. With the first day we went shooting, I was like, oh, because last year I had I had a lot less experience. And so, you know, there was more, you know, arrow, arrow casualties. <laughs> and I was thinking... When you have someone in your group that kind of sucks, it's way more fun to be out there. Yeah. It's way, let's face it, everyone that hits a tree is way more fun than, yeah. than when you hear it hit foam. You, know, you hit foam, you're like, oh, cool, no one cares. You hear someone, <laughs> everyone goes, oh, way more fun. I'm glad I could Dude, that. that's why you keep bringing people into the hole. Oh, yeah. Once, it's 100% you get, you're actually selfish. You're looking for people that are slow learners. <laughs> yeah. It makes me look that. awesome. Yeah. yeah. It's so so Jack uh, rolls up to that uh, red stag at 100 yards, and he freaking launches. And I mean, it's like... <laughs> it's still going. Yeah, it's we're like, going. hey, bro, no idea. Way high left. <laughs> and so he's just like, I'll try another one. And I'm thinking, 
You haven't paid for shit yet from me, so oh. whatever. Send another one. <laughs> he freaking sends another one. That one's just like in the abyss. The abyss. We're laughing. We're just like, man, this send guy. Send another. Yeah, we're yeah. like this guy. Try it know, again. This guy freaking sucks. Whatever. Jocko and I are walking down. Like, let's go try to find Jack. Shit, dude. He's got a freaking two inch group in a tree. <laughs> two inch group at a hundred. However far he blew over the top of that. That thing, he had a two-inch group at 120 yards. Yeah. And I go, look at that group. Like, it was in a tree, but it was legit. Honestly, consistency is, like, way more impressive yeah. than, like, pure missing. Yeah. I was just like, whatever he did wrong, he did it exactly twice. wrong twice. Did it wrong twice. Very, very tight group. <laughs> Nice. Then we had some good ones. The gopher was a great one. The between yeah. the two oh, trees. Oh, that, that was awesome. Oh, why was that great? Because... I didn't, I we all up. missed it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. To, today, oh, right. like the right. wind blowing up that freaking draw for that gopher on the log, it was just like, and I, I pulled up and I'm just like fighting the wind, fighting the wind, fighting the wind. And I'm holding on the gopher. And right as my shot breaks, the wind just stops. And I just see my pin just going way off the gopher's shoulder, like into that tree. And I just hear like, ding. And I look at Jocko and he's just looking at me with this pissed off look like, what does that mean for the rest of us? At <laughs> least he missed one the other day. He's like, oh, we you know it's, it's cool. I miss. It's no big deal. And I go, it's a big deal to everyone else, bro. Because <laughs> what the hell are we all thinking? Like, if you can't hit this thing, freak. It's so true, though. So then everybody misses and then freaking Jack stands up there. Whack. Oh, we're like, damn. And then Sharon steps up. Did, oh no, she, Josh! Josh hit it. Josh hit it. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Hit the rebar in the middle because it's so small. Yeah. yeah, I thought he hit a tree. It sounded so <laughs> gnarly. Yeah. That was awesome. And then one of the next ones was the was the one through the trees. You got to thread that needle. Dude, that yeah. was awesome. To what all is that? Twelve inches? That? You think? I don't have my phone. Maybe Do you have your phone? Everybody, you have your phone on you. Cool. Yeah. Show Evan that freaking group. Have you seen that tree? You saw the you picture know? that you posted. That was cool. Oh, you yeah, did. Yeah. You saw the picture yeah. of me smiling, dude. Yeah. You know, I took a closer look at that. And I'm going to say, man, okay, so you three were real tight. And then there was one, mine was higher and to the left. I mean, obviously made it through. But when I looked at it ballistically, it was sort of like a miracle scenario, like uh, like Pulp Fiction, right? I was, looking, I was thinking, dude, this thing is right where this tree should be. I just willed it through that tree because <laughs> I did not I'm want I was if- the fourth person to go. And these all, you know, he, you, did you go for, no, Josh went first, nailed it. Nailed it. You like, went, nailed his, it. I'm waiting for you to cut that log down. Yeah. I'm like, cool, I got no big deal. Oh, no pressure after Jack throws this thing into the tree. And then he nails it. And they're all in a, about a 50-cent piece. And then I step up, and it's just pure pressure. And I'm like, whatever. You did it. Losers. I don't want to hang out with these guys. But then I shot it right at the tree, but it just miracled through there. Just money shot. Well, what was crazy is... That was that bent arrow, like... Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I, I know, I shot that arrow. bent arrow the rest that's of the day. how it did no, it. I shot that bent arrow the rest of the day. <laughs> yeah, because after I missed the hedgehog or whatever that stupid thing was, <laughs> freaking idiot set up this course for a damn woodchuck at 90 meters or whatever. <laughs> meters, that sounds like a sure. good deal. Yeah, on a log. <laughs> yeah. Nothing else. No. Yeah. You got to put some tape on it to even find the fucking yeah, thing. that was a good call. Yeah. Sharon was like, where is it? Because she's... She needs contacts, but she she doesn't like wearing them. 
She goes, where is it? And I go, I can see you're looking <laughs> not even within 10 yards of it. And I, I like just kind of like straightened my arm out and like ran it past the side of her face. And I'm like right there. And when she looked at it, she's like, oh, I got it. And then when she drew back, I go, it has the red ribbon on it. Because I swear, she ain't like, because you know that tree next to it looks like a hedgehog. I think she was aiming dead at that tree and she shot and just nailed it. Just like, bong. And the arrow survived, I think. Didn't the arrow survive? Yeah. Yeah. That's a sweet thing. I'm going to, next year when I come here, I'm going to shoot 38 pounds. (laughs) So I can just just pull my arrow out of every freaking tree out here. Just pop them out. Yeah. Yeah, that was awesome. Those people recognized, of course, Jocko on the course and came over and said hello. That's pretty yeah. cool. Marine awesome. came over. You get a Marine just young, young say exactly. Folks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's He says, hey, Jocko. He's like, it's so good to see you, man. Semper Fi, kill. And I'm like, God, I love the Marine Corps so much. <laughs> <laughs> I love the Marine Corps so much. I mean, and, you know, I was, I was thinking about that as I was walking down the hill, you know, you got to remember that even when things seem good in the world and, and there's, you know, we can say, Hey, we want the military to reflect society and all this stuff. You gotta, you gotta never forget that we're going to need kids, young men that are going to go out there and just murder bad guys. And that's the truth. And there's nothing nice about it. And people are going to have to do that. You know? Yeah. Like when I meet a kid like that, I'm like, yeah, that's, that's the Marine Corps. Yeah. They'll never give that up. Yeah. He was in, he's active. Oh, he's still in. No, he's out. He's out. You know. But it was obvious, like, the impact of, like, Jocko and just the message and just, you know. Honestly, I think everything, like, what Evan and Logan and Matt, like, JT. Honestly, I think just the whole message of Black Rifle from the people that, it seems like it saved a lot of young guys that went in there and maybe didn't they didn't 100% know what they were signing up for but they they did their job and they almost don't totally know how to feel about it i think when they come out and they're like trying to acclimate to everything and then they see guys honestly like all of you and like i said you know matt and jt and i just think it really helps them deal with everything of you know of some of that because the reality is and I, I only know this from the hunting side. I've taken military people that I guess, I don't know if it's a hundred percent fair to say, but I've taken guys that definitely talk a talk like they seen some stuff, but once they go on a hunt where things get sketchy and it's like part of hunting where, you know, just things get real and, Pressure, pressure situations get high, stuff happens, and then something dies. You realize, like, mm, okay, he doesn't really know how to deal with this. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I think there's people out there that, through everything you guys do, just really help people that maybe took the plunge didn't 100% know what they were signed up for, but the reality is they got to deal with it now because they jumped off. I think it's awesome because it it helps them have something to where they can just, you know, listen to Free Range American podcast today and be like, hey, I'm going to get through it. Yeah, that's cool. 
you know, it's it's pretty neat. It's pretty neat. Let's well, man, you guys get it. You get a lot more than I do. You get a lot more than I do when someone reaches out because you're so accessible. If you use your real name, people might reach out, but that's cool. (laughs) But people reach out and they say that, hey, I read this or I heard you say this and it helped me through this thing I was dealing with and it changed my life. And you're like, I mean, you have no idea who this person is. Obviously, it's a faithless person, but now they've connected. They've connected with you, obviously. And I mean, you get this all the time. But it's really, it's, it's incredible when people reach out and they say something like that, that you've had such an impact. And for me, it's through fiction they read a passage that resonates because it's drawn from something, some experience that I really had. And they said, oh man, that's the first time I've ever read something that let me feel okay about what I did downrange. And it's amazing. So it is really cool. And I mean, you guys have a ton of more reach than I do, but it's, uh, it's an incredible thing. Most people, what they, tell, what they say to me is like, I saw you do it and I realized, well, fuck if. You can do it. I, I sure as shit can do it. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I said. That's what that's, helped me. That's like, I'm like, these that's, guys can That's most of the time what I get is like, man, if you can do it, geez, like, man, I can probably start a business. And yeah, most of the time they're, they're fairly correct. Well, that helps so I, many people. I think, I, I think for us, like, you know, we talk about this a lot. And Logan, Matt, and myself, you know, we, we don't do a lot of serious content. We just, just not in our wheelhouse because we. You leave that. You leave that. To me. <laughs> yeah. I leave There's like, people that are good at it. You know, I leave like, shooting. You know, machine guns and speedos to you guys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You guys got that shit unlocked. Yeah, exactly. I, I stay in my wheelhouse over here. It's more difficult. It's more difficult to do. Like the. I, I think so for for Jocko. Obviously, Trump like, I listen to your podcast. You know, I I'm a I'm a consumer of your media, right? If I I like listening to what you put out and that's not me, you know, like trying to pat you on the back from across the table. Like I really like listening to what you put out one because I, I, I do have a connection to you and two, the information you're putting out is really fucking good. And I think three, there's a, a, a military established military lineage of knowledge that needs to be propagated through not only our community, but through the entire communities of business and our American society, international society, right? And you, yeah. you remind people, I was telling, I was telling somebody this the other day, I was like, man, it's, it's, it's interesting because the information you put out, a lot of this stuff you can roll back in your history and say, that was put out. That's right. I remember going through some courses back in the day and looking at kind of the principles of leadership and then taking a look at a specific battle and then orienting the information from this battle to a leadership principle and then being able to identify that and being able to make that connection in your own life and say, this happened. Now this is happening in my life. I'm not the best at doing that. You're a thousand times better. Uh, but I, I mean, I consume your information, right? I think that for us and for Logan and myself and Matt and whoever else, like we, we try to entertain people. We try to create just a little bit of value when it comes to don't take shit too serious. Kind of be, it's okay if you want to laugh and joke around about it because it's, it's really, you don't have to be a thousand percent on a thousand percent of the time. 
So if we're going to go shoot machine guns and fucking play a guitar and blow some shit up, <laughs> hey, man, sometimes it's just like unadulterated fun. Just have some fun. Cut loose. It's okay to be kind of a fucking idiot. It's all right. <laughs> like, look at us. We've done all right with it. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I've, I always feel lucky, you know, having the guys that I have on there, you know, and, and I know you guys linked up with like John Stryker Meyer. Oh, I love that guy. Oh, yeah. He's like just, just, just such an unbelievable person and his life and yeah. and what he did in Vietnam and then all of his brothers from SOG and what they all did and just being able to share that story with the guy and, and then have other people listen to it is just phenomenal. And then to take all the listens that I learned, like I remember I was talking to him and he was, they got inserted somewhere and he goes, yeah, you know, so we, we split up and we put, I put one group up on the ridge and we stayed in the valley a little bit. And I was like, hold on a second. I go, you split forces. Like I always tried to not split forces. Why did you go do that? And he goes, it's the only time I did it. He goes, and if you hear this story, I never did it again. And I was like, yes. <laughs> you know, cause you just, just one of those lessons you learn, you know, when you split up, you've got a lot of problems you might have to solve, but yeah. And it's, um, it's, it's a real honor to be able to talk to these guys and be able to share their stories. And you know, I, I it's humbling to be able to sit there with these guys for sure. I have my daughter listen to him. So all the Jocko's podcasts that uh, specifically the Medal of Honor recipient ones, because right. those are the ones that I'm juggling yeah. my day and ones that I, that I know I want my kids to listen to. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have her listen to those. And it's just because uh, today it's so hard for at least my kids to read. Like I was always reading growing up, right. uh, but today it's a different media. So it's audiobooks and it's podcasts. <laughs> and for her to get that information, like I would get that from a book in sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth grade. Well, today they're getting it from an ebook or from an audiobook or from a podcast. And so I have my daughter listen to it. So I think it's invaluable. For that group of people from like six, seventh, eighth, nights, when they're so impressionable yeah. to listen to Jocko's podcast in particular, uh, because of those uh, those Medal of Honor recipients and those people like John Stryker Meyer that uh, that went down range and did the job, and it's uh, they're they're humbling to listen to. Yeah, so, and like yeah. I had uh, I had another one of John Stryker Meyer's friends on there, Doug Doug Letourneau, the Frenchman. Oh yeah, and he was on, and he died two weeks later. <sighs> And then I had, you know, Ron Scherer on. Yeah. And, and you know, he died. I don't know, yeah. maybe maybe nine months later or something right. like that, but. Like that's what his kids are going to know about his combat experience and his life. And, you know, such an honor to be able to have him on there. And, and, you know, so, so sad that he passed away from, from his battle with cancer, but man, it was just awesome to sit down there. And, and that's an interesting one too, because before he came on, before Ron Schur came on, I'd gone and they have footage of where they assaulted up this freaking cliff. It's on video. Like, you can go on YouTube and watch it. Really? And and so he goes, yeah, you know, it's a pretty steep incline. And I was <laughs> like, bro, I've seen this, man. It's a cliff. And at the top, he's like, and there was a pretty, you know, heavy, concentrated enemy force. And it's a castle. It looks like a castle. <laughs> right. They're assaulting a castle. I was like, that was the most insane operation. You know, if I would have landed there and looked up and seen that castle, I said this to Ron. I would have been like, cool, we're extracting now. We're not doing this. No go. No go scenario. Elevated position, bunkered with enemy fighters. Yeah, we're out. <laughs> we're we're all good. Yeah. Save this one for a J Dam. <laughs> well, I think it's it's interesting because I think from the guys that I talk to and you know, we're our next TAC event in uh in Utah, we're yep. we're bringing out a bunch of adaptive athletes, we're raising a bunch of money this year for um we're doing a good specifically job specifically Special Forces Foundation. And we're doing SOCF, Special Forces Foundation Bowl. So SOCF has been a, a great partner of ours, but you know, for me, I'm trying to create this, this, this transitional period for guys so they can take media and look at the different points of information. They can, you know, get one of your books, 
you know, they can read fiction. They can immerse into something that's that's super cool. And if you haven't picked up one of your books, you got to because they're fucking incredible. Thank you. Uh, you know, if you can, Jocko's got Sold such out. an inspiration and information that he's putting out in so many different forms of media. And then for us, like, you know, our, our ability to just kind of put entertaining pieces of information out. But having these these relationships with people and then building a community and archery, I think is so cool for this because it's an active form of meditation. We talked about it last year, you know, guys getting out of the military, they have a really tough time transitioning, kind of finding a new tribe and getting immersed into some of these little intricacies that might be able to take your mind away from whether it's just loneliness, you know, because a lot of guys they deal with just leaving the mill, uh, you know, by the time you ETS go through, what do they call it? A cap or whatever in the Navy. I, I don't know what they call their your transition program, whatever transition right. program. And then they're back out. Well, shit. Now you're building a new network of friends. You know, you're keeping in touch maybe via social media with your guys that you used to know in the middle. Um, and you've got to kind of rebuild your infrastructure and then what you're doing. The archery community is really small that's one of the things i really like about it uh and it's something you can do like i've got it does that range. relate back to like what you guys are used to just the fact that it's pretty tight i i think so i mean for me i, I i'm only, i can only speak for myself and it's one of the things i really liked about it when you and i first started talking and and everybody else was you cruise around here and you talk to people at one of these events everybody's really freaking nice you know, they're, they're very, very humble. They're nice. They, they, they typically like to spend time in the wilderness, right? Archery. Yeah. Uh, everybody's really helpful. You know, the, the shooting community is very similar, right? Especially we just got back from a precision uh, rifle match up in Utah. It's super similar in those regards, but I like the archery piece because you can do it just about everywhere. And it's quiet. Right. So yeah, yeah absolutely. It's quiet. You said that yeah. the yeah. first, no, the, the very first, yeah. time the I very shot, first like, arrow, yeah. he just looked, he like made this face and he just looked at me. He's like, that is so quiet. <laughs> so nice. Yeah. yeah. Not to get shocked every time. The, good, the <laughs> thing I always say, like for guys in the military is when you get out of the military, you need a new mission. Right. If you don't have a new mission, cause your mission's gone, man, it's yeah. gone. And you've been there for eight years, 10 years, 20 years. 24 years and all of a sudden that mission your whole reason for existence it, in many cases i know for me 100 percent, it was just being in the teams and right. being in the teams and going on deployment and being ready and having my gear ready like you just have something to do every day and you know you're not quite there and so you always want to do better and then one day you turn in your freaking badge and you walk out the door and it's gone and if you don't figure out what you're going to do next you're going to have a problem and it I'll be honest with you. I don't think it really even matters what you, I don't yeah. think it matters if you say, Hey, I'm going to get into archery or you're going to get into uh, jujitsu or yeah. you're going to get into paint, paint, right. paint, whatever you get into, you say, Hey, now, now you got something to wake up. And, and what's good about archery is it's very hard to perfect. I mean, I would say pretty much anyone would say, yeah. you know, uh, you, you're going to have a real hard time feeling hundred percent confident. You know, you're always going to think I could do this better. I could do that better. So it's a good it's a good aspect to it. It is meditative in that you got to just, if you're thinking about everything and your mind's all clustered, you're not going to shoot well. And actually, you know, John's always given, given tips when you're shooting. And one of the ones that he saw me, I, I don't even know. I mean, I don't think I totally blew one of the shots, but I got, I probably got like a lucky, lucky shot that I made it. But I'm micro analyzing. Yeah. But, but the, but I could was, see tension, like 
honestly, all I could see was I could just see instead of this, like I saw that. Mm. And so for me, any tension at a close distance is just tension, but a tension at a extent at a triple like digit eight, yeah, it was like, distance I think it was like 86 yards yeah or something like that yeah and then that so then it's magnified so you know i'm just like micro analyzing but there was a magnifying glass on it because of the situation and the you know it was a pretty technical target yeah so yeah so he just said hey the the, the further the shot is or the harder the shot is obviously you can ramp up mentally and be like, all right, I got to hold this tight. You know, you, you can get, you can get that tension going where what you need to do is the further and the harder the shot, you need to actually focus on just be like, okay, just, you know, relax, you know, and let that thing go when it goes. So. That's what you told me at that one. You're like, Hey, yeah. let's take a breath. Well, yeah. like, ah, that yeah, was a hundred percent like pulling from like an experience card of the day before it wasn't, I don't think it was that target, but it was something similar to that to where, when he made the shot, and then I said, hey, the the more technical the shot or the harder it is, the more you have to focus on being relaxed in the shot because tension is only going to magnify a miss. And then, you know, he was just like, okay, yeah, you're right. And so as soon as he seen it with you, he was like trying to relay that message of, this helped me yesterday, you know, this helped me the last time we shot, this helped me. So he was trying to like, you know, just relay that, that same message. Good message. I think it was after that, that I started hitting. Honestly, it was, it, yeah. You know what it was? You said, um, you said, uh, yeah, Jocko definitely helped Privates. Definitely. Good privates. Go to JockoArchery.com. No, what'd you say? You said, uh, MP5. Oh, that's yeah. because the sight on an MP5 is a circle. Yeah. It's two circles. Yeah, so, we t- we yeah. talked front sight, rear sight because you were consecutively hitting low. Yeah, I didn't have it on my. And phone. I was I was worried about it, and so I was trying to explain it. I only knew like um, let's see, I knew, a little bit too. I knew like an M1 because I had shot an M1 with uh, actual Sturgill Simpson had an M1 oh, that nice. he had bought, and we were shooting it. And he was shooting it awesome, but I remembered it had a circular rear sight, but it had a solid front post. But then when you guys were out there, I was trying to explain it to you, and I said, like, M1, and then you said, no, MP5. And then you were like, oh, okay. Yep, it's actually the exact same sight system. Mm-hmm. It's a circle in the back. It's a circle in the front with a post. Yeah. And Dude. that's always been my favorite, you know, sight <laughs> Dial system. me in it's on fun. that one. Yeah, it's good. So what – so, how are you referencing that in the MP5 speak? Where you're just saying like, line, were you well, talking to him? Dudley's trying to explain like, hey, you got to line up the circles and blah, and like he's trying to tell gotcha. him. And he says like an M1, and then I and then he he got done. It's dude, it's very, it's very, uh, it feels very weird to like try and add two cents on Dudley's coach. Yeah. You know what I mean? You feel like a total idiot. <laughs> but I awesome. knew this was different because all I was doing was translating it into something right. that, gotcha. you know, I knew I knew Jack, as soon as he, I said MP5 site, he'd go, oh. oh yeah. yeah. Gotcha. As soon as he said, yeah. it's like an MP5, like he just immediately goes, oh, yeah. like that. Yeah. 
We were still shooting those when I when I came in, and then even after September 11th, I, I still have, use it that first deployment. Yeah, I have a whole Seriously? video series on that site yeah. picture. Oh yeah, for, for um, gotcha. JockoArchery.com. I have. Them. <laughs> <laughs> I talk all about the all the tips right there. Just tips and awesome. tricks. Check it out. You know, school of Jocko Archery. School of Jock. School of Jock. Get a t-shirt and a hat while you're there. Yeah, pick one up on your way out. You better freaking lock that in before this podcast launches because that thing is going to be worth about a hundred. Doing it right now. Yeah, it's one that's. One of the things, like I, I truly think that the new, the the little details of archery that I can just, you can immerse yourself in this, right? You, you know, I've got bow vices and all kinds of freaking gear now. And then, you know, with us, we we bought how many bows? Twenty bows this year for guys in the company. So we bought 20, yeah. 20 bows for guys in the company. Uh, and the what what we're trying to do with this whole thing is provide people the ability especially, you know, veterans that are transitioning or have already transitioned away, is to provide them the ability to, to connect in with an activity, with a tribal-based activity, right? yeah. that they can dive as deep as they want to. And guess what? If they don't like archery, it's not a big deal. If you're qua- crawl, walk, run out yeah. and you're like, hey, you might be, you might find something else, man. Maybe it's bowling. Fuck, I don't know. Yeah. I keep telling guys, I'm like, if you're going to make your, your transition out, find your new mission, whatever that is, but you also have to find an activity that you can really drive deep into. So it's outside of your profession because the other piece is you might not have, you know, a, a full mission fulfillment profession. anymore. Yeah. You might have a job where you're working your way through life and saying, Hey man, I might have to have a nine to five job for a while to pay the bills. And I might not just wake up every day fully fucking inspired to just, you know, kick this fucking thing in the teeth. So I might have to have a job for a certain amount of time. So you might have to find something you're a little bit more passionate about. And I know tons of guys, man, they like, Oh dude, I, I found reloading. I fucking love it. Like, you know, I'm really into the details and the measurement I'm geeking out on this stuff. Uh, but I, I, you know, I'm not really an archery. I'm like, dude, I, I'm just trying to give you an example of something that you can do. I didn't know shit about it. I suck. Like as far as like the, the entire spectrum of shooters, I'm not that good, but I love it. I love diving deep on it. Come out here and show my ass and throw arrows, you know, blow them up in fucking trees. (laughs) But the big thing is, is who cares, man? Like get out there, get active, get out and into something, dive deep into it. And guess what? You might find a community of people that are truly inspiring and, They've got humility and they're encouraging you to go out to the outdoors. And the other cool thing about it, man, that first deer that I shot with, with my bow when yeah. we went to Texas mm-hmm. and being able to complete that entire cycle of being able to take something that you learn, it's very difficult. You like pursued me animal. to train. Yeah. Then you came here, applied yeah. it, weren't good at it. Nope. I mean, you were above average. But you also knew you had work to do. And then, like, fast forward nine months, and then it happens on a real animal. The reality is most people, I feel like people that are in our network of listeners, they like difficulty. And honestly, the reason I pursued archery is because I wasn't good at it, and I really wanted to get better at it. And then once I was better at it, I actually really 
loved showing other people how to get better at it. So it was just this continuum. And I don't know, it's a, it's a very cool sport just for the fact of you can't, I don't think, maybe it's not fair to say, but I don't think you can instantly be so good that you're not going to have to try, like yeah. really have to work towards it. And that's what people that have any type of freaking gut to them, they don't like being bad at something. And if you do like being bad at something, man. Well, I, I was just terrible. I was just God, having this. Turn, stop listening. Yeah. yeah. Stop listening. Change the channel. But I, I was just having this conversation with, um, a friend of mine that later out of the mill, former SF guy, got blown up south of uh, Mosul. He's had fucking excruciating back problems since then. And he was telling me, man, I, I saw you guys out there throwing arrows, you know, a couple years ago. He's like, you know what? I've always wanted to do that. Started doing it. And then he's like, got a block in his basement. Starts fucking shooting. Goes to school and knock. You know, starts going through the steps. Now he he. he Got his elk tags last year, didn't get any elk, but then he's like getting fit, getting out into the mountains. The whole thing yeah, went from, yeah, got a it new mission. A mission, new mission man. Got a new mission. He's like, bro, my back feels better than it ever has. I'm throwing fucking 100 arrows a day. Like I'm addicted to, you know, school and knock. I'm, I'm geeking out on like, you know, fletching pitch and all these fucking crazy things. And he's like, mm-hmm. it's, so nice and i'll tell you what one guy right like hey man it makes it all worth it for me for for all this stuff that hey that out. dude like, makes it one guy all worth it for me too for sure right i mean like one guy 100 percent. and it's you don't have to be a former seal or, or sf guy i get that one a lot too where it's like oh you know you guys are seals or you know green berets when did like, you go no, man beds? when did you go to bed I, I, right right before andy oh yeah but um <laughs> But he, it did, Last hard class. I know so many guys from like the conventional mill side of things yeah. too. That man, this is so accessible. And some of my buddies I grew up with, dude, they are some of the, the best, most proficient hunters on the planet. And they are some of the most helpful, humble guys on the planet as well. It's such a cool, humble group of guys that are so willing to help. And it's so cool to come out to these things and see everybody shoot. I think it's inspiring, right? So when I see Jocko out there, you out there, everybody's out there. And it's so fun to go from like target to target, especially with a group and just talk shit all day long. All day. I would do this a thousand times over before I fucking put some golf clubs in the back of the, (laughs) uh, you know what I mean? Walk to 18 holes, like walking around in the mountains with your buddies, like Barco and I yesterday. If people were to record that conversation, <laughs> they might call the police because of the things that we were saying to each other. They'd be like, dude, you guys are not right at, at all. It wasn't positive reinforcement. It was so, so negative and so positive at the same time. It. It's like yeah. an old comfortable shoe. It's like, you know, when you when you're out there and you're just, fucking sticking it to your buddy oh, yeah this it's is the so thing that fun. i think a lot of people are missing though you know i was on my way to uh colorado for the first tack which was a week ago this is like this was a sad confession i made to jocko about five days ago i was like okay i got 10 hours to drive i'm gonna be bored to death what do i do so i downloaded 
uh, Jocko's first book. And which one's which one's the first one? Uh, the first one is called Extreme Ownership. Yep, I downloaded that, and it was like just under ten uh-huh. hours, I think, the whole thing. So I'm like, damn, okay, I can listen to this whole thing front to back. The only thing I paused it for was like taking a piss and filling up with diesel. And I told him, I said, I listened to your first book. And he, and he kind of looked at me and I go, I actually, I had known about your first book, but (laughs) not an early adopter. No, but listen to this. So his first book, I kind of read and I told him, I said, I don't. Inside flap probably (laughs) got past that. And he was like, all right, I get the idea. So I have extreme ownership, cliff notes. Solid. I oh, mean, yeah. he, he bought the cliff notes, bro. <laughs> there are cliff notes? Oh, yeah. Seriously? No way. Dude, I yeah. bought the cliff There's notes. There's several versions. And I too. read no, that. No I told way. him, I said, I only have, like, I, I only that. make time, I should say, to read if I'm, like, taking a dump. So, like, yeah. you get, like, That's cool. 15 minutes probably a when day. your brain is most effectively <laughs> functioning. <laughs> but, By the way, you gave some scumbag that's like making fake books or whatever <laughs> you gave him like four dollars so that's awesome too oh you don't you don't put those out is somebody no, else no, some random dude and wherever and he just like yeah. puts out like the, whatever whatever book comes out he does a quick summary of it and sends it to dudley that's <laughs> awesome no i listened to it and uh i don't know i just think for for some people i i feel like i feel like people that really find purpose in life, they have to find somewhat of a struggle, but they also have to find different things that are a purpose, but also a a purpose that has struggle. Like for me, archery was a purpose, but it had struggle. And that's why the reason why I stuck with it is because I couldn't be awesome at it. And I think when you're, I think when you're an employee, you know, I've, I struggled to work up through rank because when I was hired at a bow company, I wasn't a sales rep. I was a sales assistant and they made it very clear. You're a sales assistant until you prove that you're capable of being a sales rep. So the fact that I had to struggle through being a sales assistant to then be a sales rep, to then be a sales manager, to then be, you know, in charge of international sales to then move on. Like, I feel like people who aren't at that position that's above them, you have to get to the point in life where the fact that you're not that, you have to have some hunger to be there. And honestly, even on these courses, I set these courses hard because I want to show up here and I almost want to like, I want to set a target so hard to where I miss it. And I'm like, okay, you taught yourself something here. Cause if you're not doing that, you're just stagnant and you're stale. And the fact is the water on that mountain, that's stale. My dog got the shits from it and freaking shit green stuff all around this camper. (laughs) But the water that's running and continually moving and changing it's all good, right? I mean, it's the same message. It's just, it's the same exact thing. Like you have to find something that's a struggle and you have to get into it. And for me, I don't know, as much as I love the archery community, I just know that 
like you guys, for me, it gives a whole new purpose. Just everybody that's in your boots or have worn your boots and find a new purpose through archery. It's like, that's for me, that's as much as I love everyone that has been in archery forever. And that's what they love to do. You've got people that can point you in the right direction and you're good. Like I'm all about the guys that need a new direction and just need something that they can struggle with, but find a mission with. And I feel like, I don't know. I feel like it changes lives. If you look at it from that perspective, I'll tell you what, there's nobody else that's really done, has done that. Uh, I mean, in the age of social media, yeah, you can have a huge reach. But yeah, I was into it at an early age. But the amount of people, particularly military people, who you have brought in yeah. to this, it, I mean, it's astounding. Like, you have changed lives. And it's, mm-hmm. and it's not just you bringing them in. Then it's that, it's that telephone. It's that word of mouth marketing, the modern word of mouth marketing, essentially, which is me telling my buddy, him telling his buddy, hey, try this thing. And it just grows and grows and grows. And I have this foundation of all these military guys who have made the transition and they found purpose by being able to take a breath kind of forget some of the things that maybe that are, that are uh, weighing on them, get out there, focus, do all this with a group of people that's kind of similar to being in the teams because you feel the sense of community. Mm-hmm. Even if we're not together, you're following you and you're seeing you make something on the Traeger and you're seeing you shoot out there and, you're, and it's fun to watch and it's positive and all these things. So it's yeah. all good for people that are making transitions out of the military. And it's, a, it's, it's incredible. Without you doing that, like, yeah, I'd, be sh- I'd still be shooting – arrows all over the place. I'd still be doing it. I wouldn't yeah. be, you know, at this, and, and we wouldn't have this community, this close-knit, almost like a special operations type community built around archery. So it's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, there's a lot of really good at the table, right? So even just in the, in the hour that we have on the podcast, like it's really, you, you can't even measure what's happening in the information that's being put out, right? So if you pick up a book from Jack or a book from Jocko or listen to his podcast or go over to John and watch school and knock and look at his social and how he's cooking and preparing meals. Man, there's so much information there that's so useful and inspiring for people. You know, I think about it every day, if, if, if not, you know, several times a day as to, you know, how important it is, especially when you're coming out here into the mountains and how refreshing oh, and how man. positive, how psychologically beneficial this stuff is. That's really kind of what, what got me hooked in with the, uh, the adaptive athletes piece of this because, you know, I saw my buddy Clint, he's, you know, he's struggling with, you know, his new injury that was last year, last January, just struggling to get out, especially now with COVID, just get the fuck out, right? Yeah. Get out, get fresh air, get some sunlight, get positive. And not fucking worry about the results so much, but worry about what you're doing. You know, walking around in the mountains for three or four hours, you know, and how much of a gift that is. Specifically, I know how big of a gift that is for me to know that I got my my fingers and my toes. And then being able to take that and then share that with the guys that have lost a limb or two. Uh, And if those guys can do it, Man, you Dude. don't have any fucking excuses. Yeah, like you're out of it. You're out of excuses. Dude, These guys, guys like crispy to me. It, yeah, I mean, to incredible. me, there's no way I'm going to complain about anything I'm doing in life when crispy's like going to show up at attack, shoot it, not drop a single complaint, nope. and be freaking super pumped every 
second of the freaking day. You think you think I'm gonna bitch about the fact that you know I'm at ten thousand feet and right. gasping for air? It's like, bitch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> puts what? everything into perspective. You ain't freaking got a yeah. leg that's functioning off a suction cup. I mean, get right. with it. Freaking yeah, think about start those guys every single day. Think about those guys. every day. Yeah, every time, yeah, yeah. Guys that made, didn't didn't come home, and then the guys that came home missing arms and legs and TBI and traumatic stress and all the rest of it. Combinations 100%. of all those things. And I also take it a step further, just because I'm such a student of history, and think about all those people from the inception of this country mm-hmm. up until today that gave us the freedom to be here together, right. walk on this course, and shooting the way we are. Free it's, range uh, Americans, man. That's it. Freaking what? people. Paying the dues. I was, uh, I was, I was, I was listening to a book uh, last week, two weeks ago, whenever it was. I was on the, the Cliff history no. full, full book. Actually, I actually listened to audio books in the evenings to go to to go to sleep because I got to shift my mind from the thoughts of work into looking, going inside and thinking about something else. So, audio books really helped me go to sleep. Because and I have to have visual imagery because it puts it helps me put into a dream state or if not then I have like not in not a lot of insomnia in the last few years not because I have nightmares it's just I have a hard time getting to sleep just helps me you know activate uh, my imagination as you're using but John Wesley Powell is is listening to this book on on this guy the Civil War veteran that lost his his right arm it's like five six one hundred thirty five pounds lost his right arm. Uh, after the Civil War, he became a professor of geology or uh, whatever it was. And then he led the expedition with a bunch of other Civil War vets down the Grand Canyon. He was the first Westerner to, to push down the Grand Canyon with these other Civil War vets. These guys didn't know fuck all about rivers. They were, had the wrong boats. They had the wrong equipment. They were just like, no send it. Full send. No donkeys. Full send. They, were, they, they drank the bar out of whiskey the night before they got into this river. I was like, you Obviously. Guys. Obviously. <laughs> I mean. Pushed off these shitty wooden overloaded boats. Just full send. And here's the guy leading it. One arm. You know, 135 pounds soaking wet. And they were talking. It was interesting because a segment from the journal of one of the guys was, life was mundane for me. I needed an adventure. And in the night, in the evenings, these guys would sit around the campfire and they would talk about the battles they were in in the Civil War and how important this expedition was for their individual psychology. And I thought, man, how applicable is that today? It hasn't changed. You know, from 1869, these guys were talking about this stuff in their journal, talking about how important these things were and having a challenge, having a new mission, having these things that are like truly binding from our community. And this 135-pound, one-armed dude leading an expedition down the Grand Canyon and rip it and unwrap it. They they should have never been running just like, fuck it. We can do it. And they're portaging. They're They're... They're moving across and over land. They should never have carried this fucking weight ever. You know, mm-hmm. they don't know where they are. They're an Indian country, real Indian country. And talk about a crazy epic moonshine. adventure that is Lake Powell today, right? As we as we know it. But uh, and then Logan and I were talking about. I was like, man, we got to do a trip with a bunch of vets <laughs> and just do a series of episodes around campfire talks and just talk about. Can I get in? Oh yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, this would be so much fun for guys, I think. And not only fun, but just I got to enlist go out. just to be able to hang with you dudes officially. <laughs> there's waivers. Yeah, there's, waivers there's age everything. waivers. I mean, what? I'm sure, George, I'm sure. Jack. Jack. Yeah, probably, Jack. We probably get a waiver form out anyway. We could probably yeah. find one online. Yeah, there's a there's a form for I'll sign that thing. Yeah, Jack will sign it. One hundred percent. Yeah, no, no he would. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks a lot, fellas. Free range American. Oh, that's now it. You open your Lacroix. <laughs> we'll open up. My How about Croix. you drink what I poured you about an hour ago? I don't drink. <laughs> You're giving me tequila, and I don't drink. I haven't drank for a year. Have you not? No. Uh. Uh-uh. But. And I have a couple sips. I'll take it. You will? Yeah. yeah here. Dang. I've okay. got a bit of a cough right now. Well, then this is already yes. we go. It's a dry cough. It's a dry <laughs> cough. Should be good. Don't worry is there anything about going it. around? Is there anything going around? No, I don't no. think so. I think we're fine. Right. It's Brovid, I think. <laughs> is it? Yeah. It's called Brovid, which all right. we're all in there. Thanks, Uncles. John. Jocko. Six feet. Man. Thanks, Jack. Appreciate it, guys. Oh, Cheers. Cheers, everybody. Free range American. Free range. Get out there, try archery. Good.